I think so often leaders attend to, to hold, take hold of those best practices, take hold of those things that have worked so well in the past and just stick to them. It's a sense of security. It's a sense of safety. There is a tremendous amount of value and context researching what has happened in the past, but there has to be a vision of what could be. That's right, folks. Welcome to Thematics. This is episode 55050. Thematics is a podcast that identifies and discovers how our natural talents drive us towards success. I am your host, Andy Sokolovich, a Gallup certified strengths coach. And this podcast is brought to you by UnleashedStrengths.com. Be sure to visit UnleashedStrengths.com to pick up your free copy of the ebook, Five Steps to Kickstarting Your Top Five. And for being an awesome person that you are, I'll also toss in a copy of that audiobook narrated by yours truly. Now, on to the show. So it's been a long time since I recorded this podcast. I know, long time. For those of you that are dedicated thematics listeners, you know that Grace Lacanti and I had recorded up to 49 shows, I believe, and then we called it quits. Why did we call it quits? Well, I had taken on a full-time job in economic development, and recently I find myself back behind the computer here, back in the saddle of entrepreneurial development, back in the coaching realm, because this is where I feel completely satisfied. And today's topic is something I'm very passionate about. We're going to be talking about strengths-based leadership. So recently I blew off the dust on the jacket of a copy of a book I have called Strengths-Based Leadership. I'm sure many of you have read it. If you have not, please do so. And it really, what kind of spoke to me was I had some interactions with some leaders over the last couple of, oh, probably almost 13 to 14 months, and and some things just kind of bubbled to mind. And I wanted to get back and learn more about how leaders develop and what kind of tactics or tricks or skills they apply to become effective leaders. And as we get to the end of the show, I'll throw out a quote by the one and only Dr. Donald Clifton that kind of identifies that there really is no definitive list of characters or traits that describe all leaders. Everybody is unique and different. And I was recently part of a group, and I really felt like we were stuck in that forming stage. We could just never gel. We can never get to the point where we were working together as a single unit towards a common goal. Again, those stages forming, storming, norming, and performing. And I did really feel we were just stuck. And I wanted to know why. So I did some research, and I found a white paper titled Building a Team Through Strengths-Based Leadership in Higher Education written by a bunch of people that have a ton of initials behind their last names. So I'm not going to name them all here, but I will include the white paper as a download on the show notes. And I found a quote in there. It says, when introducing the concept of strengths identification and training to leadership development and team building, we begin to envision a new way to see the potential of human resources in the workplace, the classroom, or one's personal life. This is only magnified when one considers the concept of team building with a group of people who are aware of their natural strengths and interested in working together to develop them to their best potential, individually or collectively. A strengths perspective provides an opportunity to individuals and groups to be self-aware and to envision what could be as they focus on developing their strengths. And my big takeaway there was what could be. I think so often leaders attend to, to hold, take hold of those best practices, 
take hold of those things that have worked so well in the past and just stick to them. It's a sense of security. It's a sense of safety. There is a tremendous amount of value and context researching what has happened in the past, but there has to be a vision of what could be. As we look towards team dynamics, as we look to developing ourselves as leaders of those teams, we can never stifle the growth of the potential of what could be. One of the reasons why you know, I was in the military for 11 years, and one of the reasons I kind of stepped away from that was there was one phrase in particular just kind of would just, oh, it was like nails on a chalkboard for me. That's the way we have always done it. That is the way we have always done it. And I hated hearing that because it stifled growth. It stifled creativity. It stifled passion. And more so than anything, it stifled employee engagement. So it's not what has to be. It's not the way it has to always be done. It's what could be. What are the possibilities? One thing that excites me about taking roles as leaders is I'm surrounded by people that have unlimited potential. And how many of them have really tapped in to the the individual efforts they can give you, the skills? And a lot of them, maybe those skills went dormant because nobody ever told them that they were amazing at something. I sit back and I think about when I picked up a saxophone, and this is probably fourth grade, maybe third or fourth grade, I wanted to be in the band. And I wanted to play an instrument. I just saw the beauty and the power in music. I love listening to music, and I thought, I want to be in the band. My mom said, what instrument do you want to play? And I said, saxophone. My dad was a huge uh, Bruce Springsteen fan, and there was there was a great sax player that I used to listen to all the time. My dad would throw on the album, put his headphones on, and kind of chase me around the house, and then he would crank it up. And it was just amazing to hear that saxophone wail, and I loved it. And I remember I sat down for my first lesson. There was probably about four of us. And I was out of the four. I was the only one that was not taking any private lessons on the side. And I belted out a couple tunes, you know, sounded like a goat was being slaughtered, right? And then the other three belted out songs. They knew the notes. They knew everything. And at first I thought, oh, man, I'm I'm not very good at this. And my teacher said something to me that most people when I tell this story, they go, really? She said that? She said, maybe... You just don't have any musical talent. Maybe music just isn't your thing. Now, there's some truth to that. Maybe it wasn't. But what do you think happened anytime an instrument landed in my hands, whether it be a guitar, trumpet, heck, even a guitar from Guitar Hero on the Xbox? I hear her voice every time saying, maybe you just don't have any any musical talent. Maybe music just isn't your thing. And instead of motivating me, it kind of acted like like a roadblock to the potential for me to ever learn music. And it kind of stuck with me for so long that I never actually took the opportunity to try to learn another instrument. There's extreme power in the words that we choose to use, especially as leaders, especially as somebody with authority. Be careful what you say to others. Foster the growth. Talk to them about managing their weaknesses, but talk to them more importantly about developing those strengths. There's also an awesome book out there uh, called On Leadership by John W. Gardner. And this is one of my favorite. I got a dog-eared copy here where the bindings actually cracked and the pages are basically almost falling out. Um, But I wanted to read you guys a paragraph from this because something really stood out to me. And I think it plays nicely into this podcast. Again, the book On Leadership by John W. Gardner. And I will put a copy or I'm sorry, a link to this book in the show notes. The Release of Human Possibilities. 
reviewing the themes that run through our history as a people, one is stuck with the depth and continuity of our commitment to the fulfillment of human possibilities. The leaders we have valued the most have reflected that commitment. Woodrow Wilson said, I believe in democracy because it releases the energy of every human being. The greatest asset of any society is the talent and energy of its people. Yet no society has ever fully recognized or honored that asset. Indeed, most societies have effectively stifled both talent and energy. The release of human possibilities is one of the most basic of social objectives and leadership goals. He even proves that we need to identify the possibilities within each individual in order to take the full advantage of what it's like to be a team. When we have a satisfied team, that means we have engaged members. That means our leadership style is working. And behind every strong leader, there's a group of supportive and motivated followers. So strengths-based leadership has kind of laid out for its readers the four basic needs of followers. One being trust. A foundation within any organization is built on trust. And that trust is directly linked to employee engagement. If you want employees to be engaged with you as a leader, be dedicated to the mission, be focused on a common goal, there has to be trust. Two, compassion. Why are most leaders afraid to be compassionate towards their employees? I don't know. If they're an ineffective leader, could it be their avoidance of forming a deep-rooted relationship because the employees or members of the team are viewed as disposable, plug-and-play? Employees need to know that you care about them as a person and not simply a tool. Now, it's harder in larger organizations, but you do have that middle management team that can take your desire, your empathy, your compassion as a leader and disseminate that message down to the lower ranks. Three, stability. Stability and confidence, that's, that lets people know that your future is safe. So like any great military leader, and I work for a lot of them, employees need to know that their leader has their back and is willing to ensure they remain safe from outside influences. If you ever read the book by Simon Sinek, it's out there. It's amazing. I, I recommend you pick it up. I'll link to it again in the show notes. It's called Leaders Eat Last. And in it, Sinek, or Sinek, however you want to pronounce his name, talks about the circle of safety. And it kind of reminds me of that Aesop fable of oxen sitting there butt to butt, seeing 360 degrees around them. So anytime a lion comes to attack, they can see the danger coming. They can notify the others and they can take action to avoid being eaten. Then eventually those animals decide to argue amongst each other. They all have different goals. They all have a different agenda and they move around. No longer do they have that 360 degree view. Now they're misplaced. Now there's, there's gaps in their defense and the lions get in and they take out the oxen one by one. Simon Sinek's circle of safety is very, very similar. He talks about leaders, people work with an organization. We're part of a group. That part of a group is, is biologically a necessity for us because we want to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves, something that's going to keep us safe. But we don't feel that that leader of that group is going to provide us that stability, compassion, trust, or the fourth one that I'll reveal here in a second. It makes us feel unsafe. And when we feel unsafe, we become scared. When we get scared, we get nervous, we get anxious. And then what falls? Morale, hope, a dream of a prosperous future for not only ourselves financially and emotionally, but for the company as a whole. And then number four, and I just alluded to it, hope. It's kind of like that chicken little thing. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. We want to work for leaders that even when the sky is falling, 
They're not looking up towards the debris. They're looking at us in the eye saying, it will be okay. We want to have confidence in the future and portray a message that especially during difficult times, they have our backs. And the last point I want to drive home is that we are all leaders, whether it be work, family, friends, Cub Scout troops, Girl Scout troops, sports teams, volunteer committees. Each of us fills a leadership role almost daily. And I, and I beg you to argue with that. There's not a time where you don't take some form of leadership role within your daily interactions with your peers. You need to understand that people rely on you. You are a leader. You have to instill trust, compassion, stability, and hope. I'll say that one more time. Trust, compassion, stability, and hope. I want to close here with one more quote from Dr. Donald Clifton. A leader needs to know his strengths as a carpenter knows his tools, or a doctor knows the instruments at his disposal. What great leaders have in common is that each truly knows his or her strengths and can call on the right strengths at the right time. This explains why there is no definitive list of characteristics that describe all leaders. All right, that's it for me, folks. I am Andy Sokolovich at UnleashStrengths.com. Again, be sure to visit UnleashStrengths.com and subscribe to receive your free copy of the ebook as well as the audiobook, Five Steps to Kickstart Your Top Five, written and read by yours truly. Until next time, stay addicted. Stay addicted.